Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I'm Katie. And I'm Julia. And this is the very first kind of official episode of Getting Literate. Getting Literate. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, hi. We're going to be talking about Shadow and Bone, um, which you may know from the recent Netflix adaptation. But we are also not talking about that because as much as we liked it, and I, you liked it, yeah. Right? I yeah. Loved it. Yeah. We did watch we it. We did together. watch it together and we we I it was good. It was very good. Um We did bitch a lot. Oh, yeah. Um but it was about the crow stuff. We complained. Not the and bones. And we'll talk about that in a different episode cuz that's a, that's a six of crows <laughs> issue. Um Yeah. But yeah, we're going to be focusing on the very first book of that trilogy, I guess. It's not really a series, it's a trilogy. Um yeah. by Leia Bardugo. I believe is the pronunciation. I don't know. I heard um, the actor who plays Kaz call her Lee, so now I... Well, now I'm confused. Miss Bardugo. Miss Bardugo. Uh, As she will be referred yes. to during this episode. Absolutely. Yeah, Shadow and Bone. Yeah. The very first one, Shadow and Bone, of the Shadow and Bone trilogy, by Miss Bardugo. Shadow and Bone. Yeah. Just say it one more time. Shadow and Bone. <laughs> Shadow and Bone. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, drink every time we say Shadow oh, and That's good luck. Um, well, do you want to take us through what we're drinking then? Now that you've brought it up. Yes. Um, so to get lit with our lit- literate. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. We're drinking Black Russian. Yeah. Um, as you may or may not know, the book was highly inspired by Russia um, and r- Russian mythology. Um, so vodka. And Russians were the inspo for today's drink. As they should always be, in my opinion. But um, Truthfully. Yeah. She's strong. Uh, Just had a little slipperoo. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. So, Black Russians. Very fun. Um, okay. So, just a forewarning is that there will be spoilers because of that that's what I'm going to talk about is some things that are actually happening in the book. Um, Cause otherwise what's the point? Uh, but if you haven't read it, but you're just here to drink and hear us talk, which is very fun. I think that's great. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. Um, in case you weren't aware, <laughs> Shadow and Bone, uh, it follows the story of this protagonist, like Alina Starkov. And she's this girl who's not like other girls. Um, but also she really isn't because she's a Grisha. So she's like a witch and she she does this thing. She has like this magic um, that's like small. It's called the small science. Um, and she's, there's a whole bunch of them in this place called Ravka. Uh, it's, this is a YA fantasy. Um, <laughs> this place called Ravka. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of these people who are Grisha and they're like witches. And, uh, but they don't call them witches. Sometimes they do if they're rude it's like a it's slur. a slur it's, it's a slur <laughs> um so maybe we shouldn't say it but i don't know but she's the only one who can summon light so she's called the sun summoner um but she doesn't actually know about this at the very beginning which is kind of fun and quirky uh and then she enters the shadow fold which is this like huge swath of evil and darkness and it's like crawling with these fleshy new monsters and they're really really gross uh and then it's totally torn ravka um, in two, and then in that shadow fold, her total bestie Mal, uh, who is like so sexy. <laughs> he is so he is sexy. so hot. Um, but he gets attacked, and then she she goes he off. Was so he was so hot. <laughs> she goes off. <laughs> the Volker is like, Ooh, I want 
piece I am. And she's like, no, you won't. And then, boom, light. And they're like, what the hell? Who did that? And she's like, not me. Um, <laughs> but turns out it was her. It was her all along. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of shit. And she has to use up her new powers. And then they're like, you're going to destroy the fold. And then there's this guy called the Dark Lane. And he's the head of all oh. of the Grisha in Ravka. And he's like, you're going to train at the little palace with me. Mr. Sexy, which he is. Um, <laughs> which he is. And they go through that. And I'll drink to that. I will drink to that. I will drink to that. Which brings us to game one. Um, in which case, we play I will drink to that. In which case, in which case, <laughs> drink anytime, Sadie. Katie says, in which case. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anytime we feel like drinking, we say cheers, I'll drink to that. And then we take a drink. So <laughs> Yeah. They're really complex games. I yeah. We have a lot of really um hard to follow games oh, like yeah. that in this episode. So just stay tuned, <laughs> stay prepared, keep your mind alert like ours are now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, that's it. She does some fun stuff and then there's a whole trilogy about it. So clearly it does not go very straightforwardly. But we're just gonna talk about book one. Yeah. So, probably. probably. I read them all in six days, so <laughs> I might get them conflated, but I tried really hard not to. I don't have any sort of memory, so if I can remember if I can remember what's actually going on, like, I had to go back and check notes for this first book, and I think I literally <laughs> finished it, what, three weeks ago? So. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cool. So let's get started with our first, game. Our first game segment, segment uh, which is Both. cool. So, okay, so we both read it. We both read it. Um, I kind of know how yeah. you feel about it. You kind of know how I feel about it, clearly. We have discussed mm-hmm. it at length. Um, <laughs> but also not at all. Also not at all. Um, <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about our, ra- our ranking, which is a weird thing to start a podcast Let's explain off. the game. Yeah, there's but, a purpose to it. Yeah, so um, we're getting literate, but we're also getting lit. Um, we are playing a lot of drinking games tonight, and um, our first drinking game is based on um, our rankings, and I, I I know rankings are usually for the end, like our ratings, like our star numbers, but like, this way you know how we feel about it going in, um, and also it's like the funnest drinking game, I think, <laughs> one of the most concrete ones Oh yeah, there's actual rules to this one, so. <laughs> yeah, so um, I have a rating um, for this book in my head. Katie has a rating for this book in her head. Um, and we're going to guess each other's rating. And um, the difference between the guess and the actuality, we're going to drink that. And if we get it the same, we're also just going to have a big old drink, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, wow, we love <laughs> this is a twin. Um, um, yeah. We have to drink to a twin moment. like. Okay. So... Shall we? Are you ready? I have my little sheet yes. of paper. Okay. Um, let's turn these around. Oh my oh, god. I got it off by half a star. That's incredible. That's incredible. That's so funny. So I... First first of all, Katie probably yeah. guessed my rating because I, I texted her like, yesterday. Hey, do we allow half stars? <laughs> um, so I said it was 3.5 and Katie correctly guessed that... Yeah. Um, I had wanted to rate it 3.5. That's hilarious. Um, I love that for us. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Ha- do we have half a sip for I think that? you have half a sip. Yeah. So I rated it four stars. Um, 
And I guess 3.5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I guess 3.4 Julia, so that's fun. You know what? I almost went 3.5. So it's very intuitive of you to have thought that, but I didn't. And I can tell you why when we get into our top three. Um, you, okay. If, which is right Which next. is right next. So, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to go through our top three. Wait. Whoop. Yes. You guessed my right. So you have to have a big drink or do I have a big drink? I have drink? a big drink. I have a big drink. Okay. And you did that? Yeah. I think I saw I, that. You, yeah. Yeah. If you want to do the top three explanation, I can do that now. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to go over um, the top three moments, scenes, lines that we like the most in the book and the top three moments, scenes, or lines that we hated the I guess most bottom three. in the book. Bottom yeah. three. Same, You're same. right. Those are words <laughs> that my brain could not conjure at that moment. Uh, Katie, start us off. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to start with our top three. Oh, wait. I'm so sorry. I forgot to drink, explain the drinking for this. Oh, my God. This. Yes, you did. Um, yes, you did. We drink for each moment that is on both of our lists. And if let's say that one of my top three things is on Katie's bottom three, double drink. Double drink. Because we are here double to drink. drink. We're here to drink. <laughs> so we are here. How can we maximize Talking that? Talking books are secondary. Um, and I think that we might... Anyways, okay. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. My top three. Um, because it's a reason. there's a reason I rated it four stars. There is. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a reason I knew you were going to put 3.5. Other than the fact I said, our, our half stars are bad. <laughs> I, you know what? It could have been four and a half. You never know. But I knew that that... I knew that there was some things... I'm going to get into mine. My top three <laughs> yes. best. Number one. Above all else. I feel like you already know this. The fucking... <sighs> Alina and the Dark Lane. After the little winter fate. Um, <laughs> and she almost fucks him in the side room. And then they don't. That is a top three moment for me. Uh, absolutely. It's my number one of the top three moments. It is so hot. It's a very good moment. He's it's so sexy. He's so sexy. But in, in true Miss Bardugo fashion, they don't actually do anything explicit, which I love about her. I actually love I that. do. Because it is, you know, I don't... For children? It, it, uh, well, it's not for children. That's for sure. But <laughs> it's definitely not, like, You're right. an adult novel. Um, and I don't need to read Fifty Shades I... of Grey, personally. That's not where I vibe. No. So this was just fantastically done. Um I won't get into it, but <laughs> it leaves you wanting more. It really more. does. It leaves her wanting more for sure. Um, I, I, us, I would say, <laughs> inclusive with her and me at the reader. Oh, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then my second, I don't know if we want to do this like that, but my second of the top yeah. three meeting Bagra. I love her. She is, she's a top three character for me. And so that very first scene where she is just a she's a bitch to Alina is so perfect. It's so perfect. Like, I'm like, everybody at this point has treated her so well. And then she's like, fuck you, you stupid weak girl. It's wonderful. We'll talk about this more. Um, And then my third of the top three moments are when Alina and Mal get mugged and they get the sweet roll. And then these two guys are like, hey, let's beat you up and steal your shit. I don't know. There's something about that that I really, really like. And we can well, talk it's about so it. funny because it's, so it's so because like like they're like oh can we have your money and Alina's like cackling she's like yeah <laughs> you only want my money sure <laughs> like which gives it away so quickly 
But then it's just, and it's also just, ah, and then the aftermath of it is very cute. Um, but yeah, so those are my mm-hmm. top three is the, the ballroom scene and meeting Bagra and the bread mugging. How about you? I love that one. I mean, they don't steal the bread, actually. That's the only thing they don't steal. That is the only thing they don't steal. You're correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good recall on that one. Um, my top three, when Mal sees Alina in the palace and he basically calls her the Darkling's whore. <laughs> oh, that's a good I one. I love the drama there. That is oh, the absolute chef's kiss. Perfect drama. Like, it's like, wonderful. I just, no words. It's wonderful. It's just like the absolute tea. It's your best friend, your home, your family unit. You haven't, he thinks you haven't been writing to him. They're both orphans. And then he sees you. You're both orphans. You have not been in contact. He thinks you're giving him the cold shoulder and then he sees why. Or he thinks he sees why. And it's like, oh, so uh, you're just a little whore now. Like, I, I love it. Iconic. I love it. The tea is just scalding there. Um, this is a quotation. Oh, yes, I love um, it. Fight me as long as you're able. Mm. You will find I have far more practice with eternity. So sexy. He is, he so, is so sexy. sexy. <laughs> he and so cocky. Yeah. And he's like, fight me, see if I care. Like, okay. All I right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. King shit. King shit. That was the dark one. Really? That was BT the dubs. <laughs> <laughs> From the end of the novel. Mm, yeah. I love quoting. Um,. And I think it's so funny. Um, I don't know if we should drink for this for the same moment on both our lists, but I think we should, and I will explain why later. But Zoya being mean to Alina is on my top three, because Alina just needs to be put in her place a little oh, bit. Yeah. Like everyone's treating her like she's top shit, and she really isn't. And well, Zoya just kind of puts her in her place. Okay, like she is a little bit. She is a little bit. She is a little she bit. She's literally. She's also. Very whiny. The, okay, yep, yep. She's the only person in the world who can summon the sun. And so everyone's like, okay, you know, you're, yeah, you're gonna kind of a miracle. Like, yeah. You are our new Jesus Christ, to bring a little bit of religion mm-hmm. into it. Um, so she's like, yeah, of course she's going to be treated. But I'm like, ah, let's treat her like a human person still. Because, like, you know, we know this. Yes. We know that she's normal and she has been treated kind of like dirt her whole life. So let's just keep that going. Yeah, it was. It would be f- more homely for her and more like. Yeah. I don't know. Just treat her like a person. Truly. That's all Zoya's doing, and it's not just because I love Zoya and she's one of my oh, other characters yeah. and I love her so much. Like I just <laughs> um, think that you know, just her being mean. It's just first of all, it's funny. Yes. Second of all, it's just character development. She's an agent of character development. How oh, can we hate absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we only had like one thing kind of similar. I think yeah, I think that's half a sip. I think that's half a sip. I think that's all we can handle <laughs> and also be coherent. Yeah, well, it is a black Russian, <laughs> which I don't know if we it clarified, really but it's is. literally Kahlua no, and we vodka. No mix in this mm-hmm. one. Two parts vodka, one part Kahlua. Mm-hmm. There's little ice cubes that are not melting. I did a little, a little dash in the freezer. <laughs> I love that for you. Um, yeah. I did a little dash of simple syrup because I was like. It's gonna be spicy, mm. and now it's really sweet. So, here we are. Um, here we are. Yeah. Okay. So my worst three, unless you want to go with worst three first. Why don't you go? You go. Okay. So I think I mentioned it in the best three, but Alina being whiny. 
and I think it's just a symptom of being so close to her point of view. Like, I honestly think her whininess is warranted, but I just think the worst, one of the worst parts of the novel for me is being so close to her point of view and not just having a little tiny little break from her. I just need space from my girl, Lena. Like, I love her. I just need some space. Um, a second part of my worst is Mal not paying attention to Alina until after she's a Grisha. I will rant about this shortly, oh, very yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, and I will explain my thoughts later, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And another worst thing, and I'm simply projecting here, like it's not Alina's fault and I understand why she didn't do this, but I am simply projecting, but Alina not slutting it up because she's too in love with Mal to slut it up, like, girl. Boring. It's boring. It's boring. I... Give me entertainment. I live in a panorama, like, pfft. And you know what? Like we said, I don't need explicit details. I really don't need this to be a Fifty Shades of Grey moment. That's not what I'm here for. But it is also a little annoying. I I think we need to drink because uh, my very first worst three is all of the fucking whining. Shut up. (laughs) Cheers, girl. Yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. It truly is. I... I uh, shut up shut up ah. shut up you are literally the person who everyone has decided will save the world because you have this undiscovered talent and you're like but I miss him like shut up oh my god and it goes in with that point that you made about like her him not giving her any attention and like he goes around and sleeps with other people and like like he was not great to her in the beginning. No, he wasn't. We were not. They were friends. Like, the Mal we saw was not the Mal she thought of when we first met no. him. They were friends. And he saw her as a friend. And she was very clearly in love with him. And he was like, I'm going to go sleep with a bunch of girls. Which is fine. That's his prerogative. But, Hi. like, then mm-hmm. stop being in love with him. Stop being friends with him if this is going to cause you so much and pain. That is the with only her thing you fucking talk about when you get to the little palace. I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's have some more. Let's have some deeper thoughts. Which yes. I say as somebody with zero depth, but. <laughs> okay, but we can also look at it like, um, oh, what, the Bechdel yes. test? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, was, it, it passes well. it. But, oh, God. It does, but her, her thoughts Her don't, thoughts do not. Her thoughts do not. And do mine? Unsure. Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine um so maybe it's just accurate uh-huh. and i just don't I'm like judging how accurate it was i don't like being seen um i need to escape in what i'm reading exactly but yeah so top 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 worst yeah is the fucking whining um okay this is kind of this is a little bit controversial but my second worst is the fact that she doesn't okay. actually fully access her power until she decides to let him go who mal when she's Mal. like, oh, I've been pressing oh, it down so because annoying. I was trying to stay with him my whole life. I'm like, that's very cool that, like, it's, like, a symbol of, like, you letting the man in your life go. And, like, that's very feminist. That's very nice. It yeah. doesn't line up mm-hmm. with me for what else happens in the books, which I won't discuss. But just there are some things that feel a little bit inconsistent there. We said there's spoilers. We, there are some spoilers. Um, Why not? We can talk about it in the structured debate portion, which is yeah. nice, because I really want to hear your thoughts on I, that. Yeah. I just, uh, something about that feels, I, I don't vibe with it a whole lot. It also kind of makes it okay. about him. And I'm like, that's that's a little lame. Yeah. 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 I can, yeah. I, I also see that and hate it. No. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that this, like, wonderful, no, powerful no. moment is, like, gross. No. I, 
It was always gross. It's just like you're opening my third eye. That's what I'm here for. That's what this whole podcast is here for. It is. It is. My third least favorite moment is when she is fleeing the little palace and Beggar's like literally like he's the worst like he is trying to ruin the world the dark lane is trying mm-hmm. to totally destroy the world and he just wants to make the fold the shadow fold bigger and he's gonna use you for that and she's like but no he said he was good like his name is the dark lane. she is his mother <laughs> Beggar is his mother and he she knows she knows what's happening please wise up and it takes her so long to get that through her head and I'm so pissed about oh it. I wish I had put that on my top three now because, yeah, that was hard. Mm-hmm. It's so just hard. annoying. I'm like, you've, 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 this old ass woman who has clearly been alive for centuries, everybody knows that she is old as shit. And she's telling you that she knows who this guy is and that you need to leave because he is going to do some really shitty things. And you're like, I think I know more. Get it through your head, please. It takes you so long. And also, like, in light of that, like, I was just rereading uh, some passages yesterday trying to look for, like, um, my favorite parts. And there was this one part where she's getting kissed by the Darkling for the first time. And she can sense rage boiling underneath him. And she's like, oh, my God, you don't like this. And he's like, no, like, no. Like, that's not it. Like, I just hate how I want you. Like, Which, at the time, like, I'm like, honey. that's sexy. But then, now I'm looking at it, I'm like, you should have picked up on that. Come on. Like, girl, like, those are some red flags. Like, he just knows. He hates how that's how he has to manipulate you. Like, he doesn't want to be kissing you. Honestly. He just knows that he can do it and get your little yeah. heart wrapped around his finger. And you know what? I don't blame her for that, because... Same. <laughs> but... <laughs> Is he a war criminal? Yes. Is he sexy? Yeah. Yes. Those two don't have to be. It's not a dichotomy. It's not a dichotomy. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway. Exposing ourselves online. That's fine. Um, (laughs) Cool. That was fun. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree with all of the points that you made, which is hilarious, because I think that we started this with the idea that we would have different opinions but when it comes to this book i really don't think that they are that different no yeah okay you wanted to hear more about why i don't like this this little this little power awakening okay Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna pull up the passage real quick um so i can find it i just yeah i love how you have the physical book i I don't read anything except physical books i can't do it cannot do it um because then i'm like i'm on my laptop let's go somewhere else (laughs) so i don't have like an e-reader right if i had an e-reader it'd be one thing um and she's like okay so she's with she's with bagra she's in the hut bagra's like Mm -hmm. what the fuck is your problem like literally like why are you not she's been like trying to practice this for weeks she can't do it she can't summon the light on her own it's shitty and bagra's like you're so fucking weak which good for her for calling it what it is it's the truth um, Truly, and she's like, "Oh, like, what are you waiting for? Like, who are you trying to like? Who who are you holding your power back for? Because if you like, this is not something that you should be so difficult to summon. Being a Grisha is like, it's mm-hmm. more than this. And then she like remembers like, oh, like I'm gonna press this down so that I never have to leave Mal behind because we were both orphans. And if they discover that I was a Grisha, they take me away from him. And I'm like, yick, okay, but whatever. Um, and then so she like she like 
has to put in all this energy throughout her whole life to keep this suppressed. And she doesn't really realize that she's doing that. And then she says, I'm monologuing. Oops. Oops. Please do. But it's only one. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So this is, this is all happening. And as soon as she makes a decision to let go of Mal is when she summons a light by herself for the first time. Mm-hmm. And we hate that. I don't hate it. But thinking mm-hmm. about what we know about all three mm-hmm. books... It yeah. feels inconsistent. Does that make sense? No. Okay. You're going to have to remind me what so I So what we know about the Mal. Black Russian. Oh, of course. Yes, the Black Russian. And oh. who he is and what his role in her life is. And the fact that as soon as she drops him from her memory, she's able to access her power for the first time? Really? It just it doesn't feel um. right to me. It doesn't feel right. I understand the whole suppressing thing, but I feel like mm-hmm. she could have figured that out without having to drop him entirely. But I don't think that's, like, what she was dropping. Mm. I think it was this whole, like, unrequited, like, obsession with Mal that she was dropping. Like, it wasn't Mal. It was yeah. almost just, like, the hit. Because it was more like... I'm, it's not like I'm gonna forget him. It was a lot of that, but it was also like, I'm not gonna let myself, I'm not gonna hold myself back for him anymore because he didn't hold himself back for me. Okay, I see you with that one. I see you. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. And I might be misreading this, but I'm really like, because I don't think that she does think about Mal. Like, I think that the next few chapters are kind of my faves because she doesn't think about him. Until he shows yeah, up. Yeah, and she's just, like, living her best yeah. life and using her powers. And she's like, I'm stronger. I'm sexier. Uh, oh, Zoya says she's possessed. Oh, Zoya's so <laughs> She's like, funny. oh, my God, you weren't using your powers because you were possessed. Like, she doesn't say that to her face, but she rumor mongers. And I'm like, yes, I Zoya, put her in her place. I love but, her. yeah, so, okay, so, but then she doesn't think about him at all. And, best part which book. is, like, truly, <laughs> truly the best part of the book. Because either she is thinking about him and with him, which is great. Or she's Uh thinking about him and she's not with him. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like, it just feels a little bit weird. It feels a little bit weird that her whole power is like hinged on this guy. And I'm not a huge fan of that for one thing. But at the same time. For sure. Like, it just felt a little bit off for her to be like, I'm going to drop. Because she doesn't think about him anymore. Right? And maybe that's like not an obsession Mm -hmm. thing. But like, you can still be friends and drop that obsession. You know? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, though, because it's not... She She didn't want to be friends with True. him. Like, she loved him. Yeah. And I feel like when you, like, love someone like that, and you've loved someone like that for years... Yeah. Like, you... It's, like, one or zero. Like, it's either, like... All right. Do you want to... You know. Yeah. Do you want to hear my other issue with yeah. this with this book? Um, and it yeah. is an overarching issue. And you know, you know mm-hmm. how I love Alina and Mal. You know how I love them. We ship it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my thing is, like, when you grow up together as children, that doesn't happen. It doesn't. Like, if you are, if you... Do you know who you're talking to? I know who, I know who I'm talking to. I know who I'm talking to. I know who you are. (laughs) But if you have grown up together in an orphanage, and I don't really actually know Mm. what age they were when they arrived. I thought it was, like, four or five. Uh But as you get through the Mm -hmm. series, it seems like they were a little bit older, so maybe it makes more sense. But I'm like, you didn't know each other. Like, you've known each other since you showed up at this orphanage when you were, like, maybe six or seven. Personally, Mm -hmm. for me, 
and I know who I'm talking to, but personally for me, I am not going to want to date somebody that I was six or seven years old with and saw me through puberty and like at my grossest. Like I'm good actually. Like this isn't somebody that I can see as an object of affection anymore. So I take a little bit of issue with that. But he's hot. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> but he's hot. Okay, fair. Yes, he is hot. But yeah. for her to be like, I've loved him my whole life. Shut up. No, you haven't. You were children. Like, and that's that's kind of my overarching issue with this book, is I love them so much. But that shouldn't happen. I understand, I understand where you're coming from, the whole, like, the, just, like, the closeness um, yeah. Like, you're right. It, it is, like, their family. But it's it's also, like, you know, like, that's how family evolves over time. And especially because, like, you know, or, I don't know, were they always together in the army? You know, because, like, I don't know when they got drafted, but there would have been, like, training camps. They would have spent less time together, yeah. maybe, like, during those, like, yucky puberty ages. Maybe. Um, well, not puberty, but, like, Well, I teen. mean, puberty for him, wouldn't it have been? Like, if they had been drafted at, like, yeah. 16? Truly. And if she was, like, sickly from, like, age 9, like... Yeah. It makes sense okay. that she... He, like, didn't really see her. Okay, you're talking me out of this. But still, something, something in there is, like... Nah. No, I totally see that. Unfortunately, um, I've lived it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, no, this can happen, actually. Um, yes, it can. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. that's Those are my points for the structured debate. And honestly, you have convinced me. Well, not entirely. Wow. But partially, yes, I don't take as many issues as this. Because you've brought up some okay. points that have enlightened me, opened my third eye, really. Truly, I'm glad this is literally what the podcast is here for. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, yeah. Because it's like, you know, Stockholm Syndrome? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's a weird kind of version of that. Oh. Like, how you can, like, develop romantic feelings for like the only person in your life you know life. what fair and it's not like there's no like kidnapper but it's like you're wrong but he's the only like, person who becomes a rock. yeah yeah okay okay i see you yeah yeah okay do you have any points for the structure debate or do you want to just launch into your monologue because i'm so excited to hear it <laughs> Mm-hmm. okay um Yes, so welcome to my monologue. I'm literally just going to go off about how I think the book would be better if we were, if the point of view was not as close to Lena as it is. So, caveat, um, I'm not a teenage girl, um, and let's be real, like, the target audience for this book probably starts at age 13, and I'm, like, nine years older than that, and I'm wizened and old and bitter about, um... (laughs) I know. I chose good words. I'm not really old, but I am definitely bitter. <laughs> um, and our first meeting with Lena, she has this unrequited love with her childhood bestie, and it hit a little too close to home for me right off the beginning. I'm definitely drinking about this. Um, so I definitely have a different perspective of Alina and a different like relationship with her than like my queen, Miss Bardugo, probably intended for the target audience, and that's my caveat. Um, but here we go. Anyway, so Alina is so whiny and I get it. Listen, I get it. She's had a shitty life. Um, 
and everyone's been shit to her and she's really the only home and family she's ever known she was torn from and it sucks also he's not writing to her it sucks but um it's just hard to sit through an entire novel entirely from her point of view and like I read um Six of Crows first so like I really liked how um Leah Bardugo could like um write like from the different perspectives and be like really close in different characters head but see the novel from or not the novel but like how the story progresses from like a bunch of different angles um but that's not how Shadowbone is it's all from Alina's um perspective and I'm sitting here bored in a pandemic like queen please embrace this sexy new life of yours like you were a cartographer and you're being sentenced to death and now also you were starving in like a military army camp and now you're you have your own room in this palace you're eating three square meals a day you have friends because I don't think she had mm -hmm. real friends in the first army camp like it was nothing like um no. like literally no one in her life except Mal, who kind of treated her shitty. Like, there was unrequited... Not shitty, but it was definitely... He was slutting it up. Like, she didn't say it affected him, so, like, that's not on him to no. know, right? So, like... But he also was like, she, hey, here's this girl I slept with. Like... <laughs> I mean, but he thought they were just pals. Like, it was just, like, bro talk. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't great, but, like, she didn't stand up for herself. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so... I just wanted her to embrace the new life of her and, like, the powers because she was so powerless for so long and I really think she would embrace, like, any little form of power she had, like, and especially just, like, way earlier, even though she couldn't summon, like, the power of, like, friendship or the power of, like, three square meals a day. Like, can you just embrace this new life of yours even for comfort? And she does. She does. Um, and my also thing is, like, I just wanted her to set it up. Like, I'm, like, you know, like, um... She didn't, it, like, we've been saying, it didn't have to be explicit, that's not what I was looking for, but I just definitely think she could have had a little bit more fun. She is kind of, like, a really big, she, it's so weird, because she's pretty optimistic, but she is kind of eerie in this first book, and it's a little hard to deal with. Like, I know they're putting the weight of the world on your shoulders, but you can at least have a little fun to, like, yoke you with that, you know? Like, that's all I'm saying, like... Um, I'm gonna talk about the show a bit, because I think the show is markedly improved by not- just the pure fact that we were not in Alina's brain the whole time. Um, also, side note, the racial tensions honestly made her, me like her more. Um, first of all, like, I think it's just a really, like, contemporary topic, and it was super good, but also, she's so annoying, and I'm like, at least- there's something for me to feel bad for. Because if, if there's this white bitch just complaining, oh, I'd be like, girl, yeah. shut up. <laughs> honestly, I'm like, that's too close to home. And I know that I don't have it that bad. Like, please. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I'm also just most angry about the whininess because it isn't unique. Like, I would argue it's almost a trope amongst YA fantasy to have a fe whiny female protagonist. And, like, Leah Bardugo does a lot of tropes really well. Um, but this one is just annoying to deal with. Like, Katniss Everdeen, like, Jesus fucking Christ. And honestly, I think Triss, was that her name from Divergent? I think she was pretty whiny, too. Oh, she like, was. She was. Fuck you! Just, so I couldn't. I can't remember her name, but she was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just been a lot of whiny um, YA female protagonists, and I don't know what that is a symptom of, but it's just a pattern that I don't like. Like, it's it's not like a deal breaker. It's just like having like like a constant ringing in your ears. Like, it's something you can ignore, but sometimes it's just loud and painful. 
That's and such a good metaphor. Annoying. Thank y'all. I have tinnitus. Um, uh, anyway, the worst thing about solely... I, I know I didn't pronounce it right. Um, anyway, the worst thing about being solely in Alina's point of view is that it makes, like, the whole Mal only realizes that he likes me after I'm Grisha. Like, it's just unfortunate. Because I know that he says to her, he literally says to her, I realized when you were gone how much I missed you, but we are stuck at Alina's point of view, and all I could think of was, she had the glow up of the century. Like, let's oh, let's talk about yeah. The glow up of the century. She, in I'll the books, she did not do this justice. I need to, I need to drink so Yeah, yes. No, I'll drink to that for sure. She really, she got hot. She had the, she got so hot. Because she was sickly. She was frail. Like, it was literally, like, she had, like, bags under her eyes. Like, her time suppressing her powers took a huge toll on her body. Like, she didn't even eat. Like, she was, like, this little skeleton lady. Just yeah. skin and bones and not, shadows under her eyes. Like, just... Would you say that she was shadow and It was bone? not... Yeah, <laughs> I would. I'll drink to oh, that. Oh. Uh, I'm fucking drinking to that. Let's go. Anyway. She was not cute before. Then she started using her powers. It gave her confidence. Also, when you have everyone saying, you're gonna save the world, you're the best. Girl, you get confidence. When you have friends, you're gonna have confidence. When you are eating, you're not gonna look like sticks and bones. Like, she, um, she really became, like, the best version. Not the best version of herself. A better. She becomes the best version of herself in later books. But she becomes a really good version of herself, and she has, like, an emotional and, like, mental and physical glow-up. And Mal comes back and sees that, and he's like, I missed you and I love you. And his whole, like, I missed you part gets lost in her glow-up. And when we only see it from Melina's point of view, she's like, I'm sexy now, and the Darkling wants me, so now he wants me. And that sucked because in the show you can see the yearning and the loss and mal just like pining over lena but because we're only in lena's point of view like um we couldn't see that and i just that was just unfortunate because one it makes us harder to like mal but it also gave us a beautiful beautiful year the darkling horror scene oh it really did it really did um Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, listen, I know Alina is a literal child. Like, she's 17 in the book. Um, she's not an adult. And um, she went from being an orphan raised by, like, this old mean lady to, like, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, having the weight of the world on her shoulders. Like, you're going to save our nation. And she's like, oh, sick. Um, I just wish that she had more visible maturity because I think this would make the novel more enjoyable for readers of all ages. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't imagine this story in anyone's point of view but hers, but I just wish we could have had just a little respite from Alina's mind by way of, like, letters to Mal. So I guess we have Jenya to blame or thank for that yeah. not being a thing. <laughs> um, that is my I rant. loved it. What a- um, Alina's point of view was a little annoying, yeah. but I can't really see it another way, but I just wanted to be a bit more. No, I love that. That was, you were right on all points. Um, and I have two things to bring up, which is I can see it from a different Please. point of view, not a different point of view. Girl. Um, okay. So okay. you know how, and this might be different because we are reading different editions. So I don't know what's included with yours. I'm sure that they are actually, I think at the end of this one. The letters that he tried to send her that were intercepted, that Mal tried to send Alina that were intercepted, are at the end of it, right? No, they're not. Okay. 
I think it's the end of oh this one. Oh my god. Yeah, girl, girl, this is what you get. Okay. Because I got the three in one book. So Well, I got the box set too. So I mean, I don't know. Um I know, but it's an That's true. That's true. But so okay, so I got to read okay. a letter. Like mm-hmm. I think it was like two, maybe. It might have just been one. Mm-hmm. Um, but a letter that he sent her. So I think that those could have been peppered in. We could have peppered those in. And we could have made it a little bit. And then also, I don't know if this is included in But then we couldn't have had that whole, like, Mal isn't talking to me. Oh, but we could have, though. um, Because at the end of the second one, I think it's the second one, there is a little short story at the very end of it called, like, The Tailor. And it's from Jenya's point of view. And I will maintain how much I fucking hate that that's the pronunciation of her name. It... Is Genya. Uh, it's not Jif. It's Gif. It's Genya. It's Genya. Um, oh, those Brits. But it's Genya. Genya's point of view. Um, and so Genya. it talks about her burning the letters. And, like, talking to the Dark Lane and burning the letters. And, like, like burning Alina's letters to Mal. We could have had... We could have had that... Inter- like, that spurt... Like, you know? And then we could have had Mal's letters and all of those things. And then we still could have had that Dark Lane's horror scene. And do you imagine the impact mm-hmm. that it would have when we already had Mal's letters and we had her having the letters burned, like the disconnect and the fact that they're so angry at each other, but they are being oh, played oh with by external I forces. I literally cried. I'm literally tearing up at the thought of that. But also then we wouldn't have the Genia twist, so I don't know. No, I'm just thinking like we could have had the Genia betray- betrayal like earlier when we see her burn the letter. Yeah. And it just, it would have still happened. It would have still happened. Just earlier. And, we would, and then we would go into more scenes with her knowing, like, from Alina's point Being of view, like, oh, knowing that this person is talking bitch. to her and she's not being genuine. Mm-hmm. She's being, like, sneaky and shady. And, like, she's a double agent. Genuine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm drinking I will drink to that. that. I will drink to that. So I think that there would have been a way to, to, to break that up, to break up the Alina perspective, because I think mm-hmm. you're right. Like, that, there was points made points made she was annoyed and maybe this is also coming from somebody who is definitely like much older than probably the target audience actually is um she was she was annoyed i think she was also very true to a teenage girl yes but she was annoying. Um, <laughs> because she was true to a teenage girl she was fucking which is unfortunate maybe it's not a feminist take i think teen girls are kind of annoying I was one. They're so not. I, <laughs> I was one. And you know what? If somebody had taken like my journals or something and turned them into a book, oh my God, would I hate that main character? Yeah. I would hate her. I would hate the world her. does not revolve around you. And maybe the world revolves around Alina Starkov, but oh my God, you could take a second to just like relax. <laughs> like, <laughs> you could take a second uh, and just go uh, make out with the dark. Like, like a lot. it's okay. It's fine. You can be okay. It's all right. You've got five minutes. You're not going to save the world in the next 24 hours. No. You can just sleep with somebody. That's okay. <laughs> like, literally, ah, whatever. Anyways, and then the second thing that I was going to say is I think that your whole thing about the YA um, teen girl main character who's, like, whiny, mm-hmm. it's an underdog syndrome thing. We can't have them be like, yeah, I knew this all along. Because what teen, first of all, what teen girl You're right. knows that she's the shit all along? <laughs> literally none. <laughs> Like, if you were literally in their mind, I don't think you'd find a teenager like that. Unless they were, like, no. a jock. But even then, there's probably, like, in And that's the whole syndrome. point of being a teenager, uh-huh. is, like, you hate yourself uh-huh. and everybody, uh-huh. and it's all really weird, and you've got way too many hormones. Uh-huh. And so, like, I think, like, that's that's kind of where the, like, I'm whining about how I have to save the world now comes from. And honestly, um, if you not have to, say that to I like save it. the world... <laughs> 
you can whine. You're allowed to. You can whine. It's just like, is there an, you can't no whine about some things. way to get a break from this? Like, and I, I don't want to eliminate the whining. I just want to. You can it. whine about the saving of the world, but you can't whine about the boys, man. No, that's. I'm sorry. That's the you line. can whine about the boys if that's not the point of the novel. Uh-huh. If that's not your, if you have not had. If you're not fucking Atlas and you're not carrying the world around on your shoulders, okay, you can whine about the boys, but it feels like you're uh, projecting. And I'd like to hear more about how you have to save the world. So, <laughs> I think oh, that was a great monologue. Yeah. Um, do you have any more thoughts on this novel before uh, we move on? On this novel, no, but on your point, yes. Um, so, like, I, I'm going to generalize it to more, like, YA fiction than Shadow and Bone, but just, like, you can whine about... Um, you can whine about saving the world, but you can't whine about the boys. Like, these boys are throwing themselves. Not really throwing themselves, but in Shadow Mode yeah. particularly, throwing themselves at these girls. Like, teenage girls. Like, that... The whining and the... It sucks to be in a teenager's point of view. Like, mm. valid. The whining about boys, like... Do you know a teenage girl who would do that? Even if it's yucky, even if it's predatory in this novel, she would not complain. The victims don't really complain no. as much. No, are you kidding me? Like oh. she would be like, "Oh my god, oh my god, this hey. older dude this... wants to hang out with me and thinks I'm hot and thinks that I'm sexy and wants to like." Do you know what? She would not be complaining. <laughs> she would not I'm sorry. She would Have you not. met a teenage girl? <laughs> she'd either think gross get away from me or she would think oh my god he this means that i am worth everything that i ever should be. she would like, stop whining <laughs> you can, she like ah uh, it just doesn't feel genuine it feels i'm like yeah it's a teenage girl she's gonna whine but that's not what she's gonna but, whine about no. and maybe i'm projecting my thoughts as a non-teenage girl onto my teenage self but you know what i really don't feel like i am <laughs> Maybe that's not feminist, but I don't care. <laughs> I think I'm just going to drink to this. I'm not going to I think I'm going to drink to this. <laughs> yeah. We're going to stop talking about that. Um, okay. So, wonderful monologue. This is Thanks. the final segment that we are going to do for these podcasts, mm-hmm. which is called We Like Essays. And as mentioned, we... Not in this episode, but as mentioned. Um, <laughs> We've said it, goddammit. <laughs> We said it at one point. We are both studying English in some capacity at university. Mm-hmm. Um, so we read a lot of essays. And way too I many. Think between the two of us, way fucking too many. But between the two of us, we have some pretty stellar fucking essay titles. And that's we really do. my favorite part of an essay. The only part that matters, in my opinion. The only part that matters. It's the it's it it's what defines whether or not you get a good grade. It honestly. Is. As somebody who has to mark things, like if you're walking into um, reflection on novel number three, Shut like, up. I don't give a fuck. Oh. But if you come in with, like, something spicy, okay, I'll oh listen God. up. I'll listen. You have my attention. So, I, want, we, I cannot wait to hear your essay title. Yeah, so if we had to write an essay on this book, Shadow and Bone by Miss Bardugo, mm-hmm. what would we call it? What would you call it, Katie? I personally, personally... Mm-hmm. Sunlight, Chastity, and Sainthood. <gasps> Constructing the Purity Paradigm in Shadow and Bone. I want to read that. Please write it because I want to read Thank it. Thank you. Oh, my Thank God. Thank you. I think there's too many motifs between I have to be pure, I can't have sex, I'm the sun summoner, and 
yeah, it's just weird. It's weird for me. I don't like it. You know, I'm like, you can still have, you can fuck and you can still be a saint. Yes. You know? I agree. I was actually reading it and I was like, Leah, you better not be another fucking Mormon. <laughs> a little bit. Which we'll get into when we read Twilight. Ooh, but. We'll see you next episode. <laughs> what's yeah. your, what's your title? Okay, I will tell you that. I will tell you that. But I want to know, like, do, have you thought about points you would make? Like, it doesn't have, mm. you don't have to go into that episode. Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. what points would you make? Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh-huh. Mal has a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. Cool, whatever. Um, I almost talked about the Madonna horror complex, but then I was like, that's too, nah, I don't like Freud. Um, so <laughs> Mal has a lot of sex. Great, whatever. She doesn't ever <sighs> with anybody. I know. At all. I know. And she mentions this. She's like, oh, like, I've been, like, kissed by, like, drunk people before Mm -hmm. in the army. But, like, she's never had sex. Which, okay, she's 17. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you need to. But at the same time, then she grows up a little bit. She becomes a sun summoner. She is doing all this stuff. And this is a little bit more about, like, the three Mm -hmm. novels in their entirety. It would be, it would be about the trilogy. Um. Because she she continually does not. And I'm like, there's too too many parallels that I can draw between these like these um depictions of sunlight and purity and light mm-hmm. and chastity mm-hmm. than I care to think about. And I really I'm not a fan of that. I'm like, you can have somebody who embodies light and sainthood and is like regarded as like a savior and still have them have sex like that's okay to not have purity be this thing that is intrinsically connected to light you know yeah so and also you don't have to write it like if you don't want to write sex you don't have to write sex it's like which and miss bardugo does not mm-hmm. and that's okay mm-hmm. these books are still sexy as hell oh my god yes yeah but yeah so that's those are some points i would make i would just i'm like yeah you know what there's a lot of, there's a big theme going on here with light and purity. And I you, don't I with want it. to examine it. I want to look at it closer. Yeah. So, yeah. I would love to see that. Purity paradigm. Love it. Um, my essay title is Hot Girl Summer, colon, an examination of the impact of physical appearance in Shadow and Bone. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me hear your thoughts. Okay. Obviously, um, Alina's glow up is a point that I need to yes. examine further. But tailoring as a oh Grisha craft, and just like mm-hmm. the queen Genya and the king, like yeah. the whole there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and even lot. you can look at men, men too, like the Darkling only choosing hot bods, like Mal oh, yeah. being a hot bod. Like there's a lot. Of impacts well, of physical appearance. The very first scene where she almost gets run over by the cart mm-hmm. or the carriage or whatever the hell, mm-hmm. and she sees Zoya and <sighs> she immediately looks to Mal. She's like, "That's a hot girl. Mal's gonna, Mal's gonna like her." Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting how we think about appearance in these books. The depiction of, of like beauty. What beauty is. Ooh. Every time Genya, Genya, I'm sorry, walks into a room whatever. and it's like Genya beautifully bounced bosomly into the room, like. <laughs> yeah honestly honestly no that's not really good and i love miss burdico but every time it's like jenna was beautiful jenna was beautiful jenna beautifully beautiful me she beautiful her way through life like she really it's oh that's an interesting point i like that like i would would examine like the language too not just like the plot but the language 
Interesting. Oh, I was literally just, I just saw this, um, this line where she was like, oh, like, she saw all the Grisha for the first time mm-hmm. in the little palace, and she was like, oh my god, like, did you work on them too? And Jenny was like, no. <laughs> She's like, oh, that's why I don't belong here. Hey, let's think about that. Let's think about that. That's so... Dude! Thanks for writing my essay for me. Thank you. Point one, all Grisha are sexy. Point two, if you're not sexy, you don't belong in Grisha. <laughs> If you're not sexy, you don't have powers. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, your brain is so big. Your brain is so big. Yeah. I mean, I do you have any more thoughts on this book? I loved it. I really did. I loved it. We're only it. bitching about it. I think it was fantastic. I can bitch about it because I loved it. And, yeah. you know, you can critique the things you love and still love Absolutely. them. And I really liked it. And yeah. I, love, I love the world. I love the world. I love the small science how like the magic mm-hmm. system is actually so interesting to me because it's like based on science and it's literally just like we manipulate molecules like i think that's so cool to have magic and science in one yeah like i love it's the world it's not i the, just don't like Alina's um, eyes <laughs> oh yeah it's not the solution to everything no like which i really appreciate about miss mm-hmm. bardugo like she's not like oh they can have powers and that's why everything is good for them forever like it's like no like there has to be actual thought put into this there mm-hmm. are limitations yes you know it's yeah. wonderful it's really it's really well thought out and it is a great book and i loved it so much I love and that's it why so i give it four much. stars i only took one star off for the whininess some icky things the whininess the whininess and uh yeah, honestly, mostly the whininess, actually. Mostly the whininess. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I think yeah. the other books are four stars in the trilogy. Oh, yeah. Like, Alina has the maturity glow up of a century in other books. I just couldn't mm-hmm. give first book Alina four stars. Oh, no. God, no. She had to go through that. She did. So it's understandable. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the, the maturity and the glow up. But mm-hmm. this book was a four star for me. It's probably a four and a half for the rest of them, only because of Nikolai in the second <gasps> one. He adds a full <sighs> half star to everything. I love him so much. He is wonderful. And then the third book might be a fifth star because I cried seven or eight times that day that I finished <laughs> it. And I didn't know that it had hit me so hard. Um, who's to say, really? I it might be a five star book for me that last one. Really, I like never get five stars, so I'm like, oh, I get five stars way too many times. <laughs> My letterbox is I'm ridiculous. Each other out, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're good. Woo-hoo. Um, so if you that. don't have any more thoughts, yeah, I will drink to that too. And this has been getting literate. Getting so, literate. Thanks for joining us. This has been an episode of Getting Literate with Julia Honadel and Katie McCullough. Be sure to follow us on social media at Getting Literate on all platforms and follow the podcast from wherever you're listening for more opportunities to get lit and get literate. literate.